This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative data. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, then we recommend starting at the early episodes where we break down the basics and give you the solid foundations of understanding the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. On today's episode, we have all the courtroom drama of what's unfolded in an action-packed week of Sam Bankman-Fried's trial. It was a juicy one. We'll also talk about some crypto layoffs and does this signal a turning point? We'll break that down. My name's Tracy and I'm joined by my mates Blake and Craig as we bring you this week's crypto news. Hey boys. Hey Trace, how you doing? Very well. Hey Craig. G'day guys. Another week of no crypto price movement and SPF in the news. This is the bear market trend continuing. <laughs> it really is. I just saw somewhere that we've been around this 27K mark now for a record number of weeks. Yeah, it wasn't. I think someone mentioned some stats to me the other day that the volatility index is at all time low. It's even less volatile than the S&P 500. Wow. Um, there you well, go. I may be wrong, but something along those lines. I think definitely Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's been legit boring <laughs> for months. It has been. Mm. But you know what? There's a lot of news and a lot of things going on. And undoubtedly, the most talked about news in the space has been the trial. So let's get into that. The United States versus Sam Bankman-Fried, the man behind the FTX collapse, is facing seven criminal charges, including fraud and money laundering. If convicted, Sam could face sentencing of up to 100 years in prison. And that will cement him as a spot of the world's worst fraudsters in history. Basically, and this last week was the first week of what will be six weeks of trial, and the entire crypto world is watching this one, ladies and gentlemen. It has definitely taken up the social feeds of the last week. So we're going to give you a bit of a recap here as our first story, and let you know what has happened in the last seven days. There was probably a bit of pre trial chatter as well, wasn't there, Blake? Exactly right, Tracy. Uh, author Michael Lewis went on the US 60 Minutes program and revealed that Sam Bankman-Fried wanted to offer Donald Trump $5 billion US dollars for him not to run for president in 2024. Now, <laughs> you know, this is laughable. This is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And whose money was that? You know, was that client funds? Mm. Pretty wild. It was. So that's a massive bet. Apparently, um, there was some chatter that there were some back channel negotiations to get mm. to that number. He actually spoke to him, apparently. So they say, allegedly. Oh, I don't know, but that's fake news in my opinion. You don't think he put a, he put an offer like that up? I don't think Trump gave him a number of five billion to not run. Like, how would you even facilitate that deal? Oh, who knows? I mean, it's definitely hearsay that he actually spoke to him. But you know, 
apparently he wanted to have a chat. So interesting. That all came out of uh, Michael Lewis's book that is out at the moment. The story coming out of this is just, it's like, it's like a laughable claim, isn't it? To pay Trump $5 Hilarious. billion. Hilarious. It is very wild. Nothing surprises me in this space, though, to be honest. Nothing surprised me with this trial. But anyway, day one was a little more subdued, a little more boring. It was all about picking the jury. Mm. And, you know, this is quite a sophisticated crypto money laundering case. And we've got a bit of a random spread um, <laughs> on the jury. We've got, you know, a train conductor with five kids, a high school librarian. We've got a unemployed social worker and we have a pregnant physician. So... You know, these guys are going to be deciding if SBF gets locked up for 100 years. Yeah, so there's 12 jurors in total. And also last week on um, day one and two, both sides made their opening statements. The prosecution's argument was, I felt quite strong and hard uh, out of the two, and they finished with this sentence. He brought himself wealth, power and influence, and you will see it and you will see that there is only one verdict that Sam Bankman-Fried is guilty. Pretty concise there, Trace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what's the defence say? The defence just said, at the end, you, we will ask you to find Sam not guilty. Thank you. That was it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we also heard from a bunch of witnesses last week, and they were all really important. Um, and we're going to give you a bit of an abridged version of what they said now. And there was four of those. There was an ex-employee and a longtime friend who testified against him. There was an ex-investor, an ex-customer, um, an ex-co-founder and CTO who was a really good one. But let's start with a ex-customer, Craig. Yeah. So obviously a lot of customers were stitched up. This guy was the one to speak on behalf of them. Um, he was a commodities broker who mainly traded cocoa beans, but he was degen trading on FTX. I wouldn't say degen trading, but he was trading on their Bitcoin, ETH and Doge. He lost over 100K US and they pretty much just got him to give a firsthand experience of what happened. And, you know, even Tracy went through this experience or Blake as well when this was going down, you know, the wallets being blocked, the, you know, the news hitting. So he was just giving that experience. Mm, all right. So who, 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 up, who was up next, Blake? We had Adam Yadida. And this is a long-term friend of Sam's. Uh I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And he was actually roommates with Sam uh, at MIT. Uh, he was a, a former employee at FTX in Alameda and lived in the $35 million mansion in the Bahamas with Sam. So he found a software bug that overstated how much Alameda owed customers. Um, this was when he realized that well, there was $8 billion missing from customer accounts. Wow. Yeah, apparently they were playing tennis together when they were having this conversation. Wow. He's like, yo, Sam, is $8 billion missing? <laughs> wait, so, wait, hold on. So they were playing tennis and he just mentioned it like in between the water breaks. That's what he was saying in his testimony, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, so when um, when SBF was confronted about this billion dollars, uh, $8 billion that was uh, apparently missing from customer accounts, SBF's response was, you know, last year we were bulletproof and this year uh, we're not. So, you know, it means that things are starting to unravel at that point in time. Sam encouraged FTX employees to use Signal uh, and auto-delete messages. And for those that don't know, it's like a secure messaging service where you can um, have an expiry time limit on the messages that you send so there's no record of or no no trail of what you've said or, or what you didn't say. So Adam later found out from other developers that Alameda was using FTX customer funds um, to pay back loans to creditors. Uh, so classic classic uh, what do you think he means by we were bulletproof and then we weren't well i think in the you know everything was going up they were winning you know then they could fill the hole if they needed to yeah they yeah. probably started losing um trying to trade their way out of it and uh spiraling out of control mm. and so this was a big witness because it shows that sam knew there was financial trouble months before the ftx collapse okay so then who is next craig yeah, so we've had a user, an employee, and this next one is an investor. So an investor is more of the institutional side. So we heard from Matt Huang. He's the co-founder of Paradigm, an investor in FTX. His firm lost $275 million investing in FTX. He claims that SPF made investors feel safe, that FTX customer deposits were always safe, always backed, and he said, the SPF was very resistant to having investors join the board of directors. So we know why that was, but his testimony was very short. But it gave an insight into how these instos and VCs were misled. Okay, and then the big dog was Gary Wang. So he was a co-founder and CTO of FTX, and he was one of the most critical witnesses of the day and gave the most damning testimony. Gary alleges that he not only saw Sam commit crimes, but they committed these crimes together. In his testimony, Gary suggested that the more significant controls that he had previously known were held by Sam. According to Wang, FTX gave special advantages to Alameda Research, enabling negative balances and faster trading order placements. So these changes allegedly stemmed from instructions from Sam himself. However, it was Wang who oversaw their implementation. So this ultimately leaves him, Wang, vulnerable of criminal charges as well. However, I believe he has um, pled guilty along with Caroline to this also. Oh, wow. But they basically had God mode. Right? Yeah, yeah, and they they wouldn't be liquidated. They could have your know, negative balances. I just don't know how they lost. They must have really messed up and mm. fumbled this one. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's also important that they did have you know they had this god mode and they, it gave them about sixty five billion dollars in credit on the platform, which is absolutely ridiculous and unlimited withdrawals. So, and they still messed it up. So it's pretty crazy, really. So basically what he was saying there was that they had given code to Alameda for backdoor access to all of the FTX, sorry, customer funds. So he's pleading guilty, Caroline's pleading guilty, but SPF's pleading not guilty. Mm, so he's planning to palm it off onto those guys. Um, we learned a few extra things along the way, didn't we? Yeah, we learned about his spending habits. He had um, expensive taste. This is the things that he did spend money on. He spent 
100 million bucks on a stadium, 25 mil on a Super Bowl ad, 55 million for Tom Brady, 10 million for Larry David, 300 million in luxury real estate, which was that Bahamas penthouse, amongst other things, 80 million bucks on the politicians, and 30 million on private jets. So. Nice. Next up. So, yeah, also we had some details on why Kevin O'Leary was so effusive in his praise of SBF, even after the SBF collapsed. Um, we have mentioned him on the podcast back when FTX blew up, and it seemed that um, we, we know why. It's because he got paid $15.7 million from the firm for about 20 hours of work, as well as 20 social media posts. Uh, and 50 autographs. So Stuff comes out in the end, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah. And it's going to be really interesting with these guys, Tom Brady and, and others, Larry David, Kevin O'Leary, whether they have to give some of this money, whether they have to give this money back because it was the proceeds of stolen funds. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So last week was really just a warm up for the main show, which is the witness we're all waiting to hear from, who I mentioned earlier, the former CEO of Alameda and Sam's ex-girlfriend, Caroline Elson. Don't look away, folks. This is about to get interesting. We'll bring you all all the updates next week. But for more information, I'll drop some news into the Facebook group as it comes up each day. So join us there. Moving on to our next story. There are some industry heavyweights tightening their belts with layoffs as we remain stagnant in this crypto market. I want to know from you boys what these layoffs actually signal. So let's take a deeper look. There were significant shakeups in the world of NFTs involving none other than Yuga Labs, the $4 billion startup behind Board Ape Yacht Club and other high-profile NFT projects. They've just made headlines by announcing a major restructuring and some layoffs within the company, Craig. Yeah, this is – I think I was talking about this two weeks ago, how – Yuga Labs and Bored Apes are at an all-time low and, mm. like, they're still, building, they're still hiring, like, yeah, presenting a bit of a bull case, but... It's funny, you were, yeah. yeah. But now, you know, this team email that's sort of been leaked, the Yuga Labs CEO, he's written that they've, they've taken too much on internally. And one of the things that we did notice is on their job listings, they had, you know, product designer paying 180000 US. And we all thought it was a little bit you know, either they were growing and they wanted to keep going or it was a bit inflated and it turns out it was the latter. So I'm not sure what to make of this, to be honest. I think, you know, I think it's a sign that Yuga Labs have maybe deciding to pivot and focus on only one or two things that are actually going to work for them. Um, one of their big, you know, criticisms was that they had Bored Apes, Mutant Apes, they had the dogs, they had the Yuga Lab land, they had the games, you know, I think they're starting to learn that they should probably only do one thing and do it really well. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I think it's probably a sign of the NFT space maybe cutting their losses a little bit and sort of battering down and trying to survive until this market turns around. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, you know, it's bear markets are, are tough. And for crypto companies that are spending a lot of money um, and their revenues, you know, are going down, uh, it only means one thing that they're going to have to cut their costs. So, yeah, we're going to see this across the board, Craig. Not the only restructure, is it, Trace? No. So, as we mentioned, there are several other major players making significant moves. And one of those players is Ledger, the cryptocurrency wallet company, which announced layoffs also and chain analysis 
which is uh, known for blockchain analysis solutions, they also made a similar announcement this week. So it seems like tough market conditions are affecting more than just one company and it's part of this larger narrative out there, you know, with tech and crypto companies in general, Blake. Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't really end there. Ripple, XRP, who seemingly have unlimited money, have been making headlines for its strategic shifts. Now they're hiring 80% of their new hires outside of the Mm. US. Mm. Um, Similarly, uh, more than 85% of its open roles are are non-US roles. So yeah, it just really shows um, a shift away from the US and also... um, you're decreasing budgets. Mm. So do you think these layoffs are pretty bearish then? Or do you think it's sort of the last bit of layoffs? Because we've, we've been seeing layoffs for two years. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Is it just that we need to hang in for another six to 12 months? <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think this is just happens in bear markets. People put their bear market your budgets in, you know, they either meet them or they, they go below them and spend more than what they, they, they estimate and then they have to readjust the budget. Um, but I think that everyone's just trying to hold on and conserve their core business. You've got to remember too that everything makes the news right now. Every single thing that a company does makes the news right now, um, including these layoffs. Let's go to a break, but before we do, a reminder that next week is our 100th episode, ladies and gentlemen, and we'd love you, the listener, to take part. Send us a voice memo and you could hear yourself on the Crypto Curious in the celebratory episode. Shoot through a prediction for the next 100 episodes. What will that hold? Send it through to podcast at getbamboo.io and we'll be back after this break with our short, sharp news bites. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast with Tracy Blake and Craig. Craig, you can go first. What's our short, sharp news bite? Yes, so the SEC loses again in their Ripple ruling. A federal judge has rejected the SEC appeal against a judgment that favoured Ripple. Um, SEC failed to prove that there was a problem with the initial case. So Ripple actually saw a bit of a pump. Yeah, this is like this went. This news happened as we went live last week, so we just missed this one, folks. But it's a week. It is. A, it is a bit of almost a week old. But it, Ripple did have a eight percent pump. I think it's maybe lost all that again, but. Yeah. 8% pump. <laughs> Everyone was excited. Yep, for a bit. 
All right, next up. The SEC likely to approve all Bitcoin's ETF, spot ETFs at once, apparently. A former BlackRock executive, Martin Bednall, predicts that the SEC will approve all of these at once to avoid a first mover advantage. Makes sense. Apparently, he predicts this will happen in the next three to six months. This is sooner than his previous prediction of nine to 12 months. You know what? That sounds about right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, folks. All right. In a surprising turn of events, a hacker has stolen uh, about 5,000 Ether from HTX Global, formerly Hoibi. And the breach um, occurred on 25th of September. It's worth about 8 million US dollars. And he returned the Ethereum for a bounty of 400,000 US dollars, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, Uh, really cool. Yeah, good on him for taking the bounty. So, how much? So, what was the bounty then? The bounty was 400,000. Oh, okay. That, that's, wow. Yeah. 4,000 F, you mean? No, that's how much was stolen. Oh, wow. So, guys, Coinbase has been granted a significant regulatory license by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. So, this authorization signifies the end of the company's licensing journey in Singapore and allows Coinbase to offer a wider range of service to their customers in the country. So Coinbase, as we've covered in the past, is starting to look at other markets and this time it's Singapore. Okay, PayPal is moving forward with its blockchain ecosystem, including launching its stable coin and filing a patent for an NFT marketplace. This marketplace stands out by allowing NFT transactions on an off-chain with any currency integrating third-party services. It covers various digital assets like images, music, videos, art, tickets and more, with DAOs and royalties promoting liquidity and sustainability. Users can opt for off-chain transactions, reduce the need for blockchain wallets and associated fees. The exact launch date is unknown, but this move shows PayPal's commitment to creating an NFT's ecosystem. Big moves from PayPal. Solana total value locked reaches a 2023 high. So the Solana TVL has searched to nearly 340 million US, which is a 4% increase in the native token Sol, which is a 29% increase since its September low. Um, this kind of shows that people are getting a little bit bullish around Solana, but there is, you know, a narrative of uncertainty around the FTX estate liquidating their crypto. Yeah, there is still a lot of chatter around that, isn't there? There's a lot of chatter around that, but there's also people saying, you know, Solana is still considered a strong competitor to Ethereum, and these and the performance of it lately is sort of been a bit more bullish. I don't know if it's so much a competitor. I think it's just a side-by-side now. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't base the new Coinbase Layer 2 have more total value locked and it's been around for like six days? <laughs> yeah, we get it. You're short Solana. <laughs> I think he's just long base. I'm not short Solana, but yeah, base has done so well. No, no. They, they, they have more TVL. They ha- they're making more in revenue per week than Solana. I believe. I have to say, I did. Li- I did listen to a really great podcast the other you week with the, with the yeah. Solana founder, who was on the Acquired podcast that does a heap of stuff on tech, and it was actually um, really incredible to see, uh, you know, what they're trying to achieve. Um, and I think that you know the throughput of platforms like Solana being a, a layer one with um, high transaction throughput does make it quite valuable and does have its place in the ecosystem as, you know, the same way that maybe BCH 
um, has its place next to yeah. Bitcoin. Blake, I want to get your view. One word, bullish or bearish on Solana? Oh, I think I'm bullish. I'm bullish yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm bullish on yeah. it. I might try and find that um, link for that podcast too and put it in the show notes in case anyone's interested. All right, Binance was hit with a class action lawsuit for allegedly trying to monopolize the crypto market. Um, the SEC claims Binance intentionally harmed FTX mm. and accelerated its collapse. This mm. is this is mm. bullshit. Like, are you serious? Yeah, this happened two that days the ago. SEC that the SEC is suing Binance for this, like, you know, they were obviously, FTX was obviously a bad actor mm -hmm. and accelerating the process of that coming to fruition I know. shouldn't honestly, be saying you should be I sued know, for. Honestly, just they've got nothing better to do. That's ridiculous. All right, what's up next? Ledger and Sotheby's are teaming up to offer an exclusive benefit to collectors. Sotheby's top NFT collectors will receive exclusive Ledger hardware wallets and a white glove concierge onboarding experience. This sounded cool, but at the same time, I'm like, NFT, who's even buying right now? Like, is this the right time to be launching something like this? I mean, Sotheby's have gone really hard with the whole NFT side of things. Uh, if you're going to partner with anyone for any kind of white glove service, I guess it's Ledger, but I'm just wondering how many people are still out there buying at that um, level. Anyway, interesting news. What's up, Craig? This is more of a blockchain news, but the Hong Kong Stock Exchange announced we'll be rolling out blockchain-enabled features to improve operational efficiency on Stock Connect. And I, I think from memory, the ASX have done something around it. Well, Tried it, failed. Regardless, um, it gives international investors access to this technology to mainland China equities. So they're going to try it out. The whole idea is that you're to make the process of recording trade settlement much more efficient to what it currently is. So let's see if they can get it right. OpenSea was once the big dog in the NFT marketplace ecosystem, but it's been unseated by rival marketplace Blur in the last year. In addition to dwindling secondary trading volume, the company has also seen diminishing usage of its minting feature over time. In response to this uh, and the success of other minting platforms like Zora, OpenSea has launched a no-code studio. This enables creators to set up and drop an NFT collection of their their choice of standard supported chains without any technical experience or third-party assistance. This is actually quite big news and there's been amazing feedback from very favourable people on this one. So well done. That's a really great product to bring mm. to market and it really makes the technology more accessible. And we've always said that we need better tools to reduce the barrier to entry and uh, this is great to see. Yeah, well done OpenSea. And that's it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week for our 100th episode. If you're looking to DCA into the crypto market, please look at the Bamboo app. Use the code CURIOUS for $10 of free Bitcoin to get you started. Please follow us on social media via the Instagram page or our Facebook group. Hit the subscribe button where you're listening to us now and tell your mates about the podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, Email us at podcast at getbamboo.io. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Bye, guys. See you, guys. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. 
Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have physicians in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.